one of the key aspects that we always look to in life is how do you make better decisions uh is it merely a factor of measuring outcomes and seeing how good your decisions were do you say that if you have more successes were you a better decision maker that's how we usually view ourselves our managers our teams our political leaders everyone else if the outcome is good doesn't matter uh anything doesn't matter uh the decision is good you're a good decision maker if the outcomes are bad you're a bad decision maker but that's not how it really should work ideally there are a bunch of factors involved in how the outcome turns out for a decision a lot of times you know great decisions come out with bad outcomes and you know bad decisions come with great outcomes so what should you really measure your decisions on i think the mark the hallmark of a good decision maker is actually the process of decision making what's the process and decision factors that they use to come to the final decision that's the key element that differentiates a good decision and a bad decision and on the overall a good decision maker but with the bad decision and from the bad decision maker why does this why does why is this so important uh, this is very important from from a perspective of when you start to realize what what every decision is in the real world uh, every decision in the real world uh, is stymied by three factors the first factor is you always and always do not have access to all the information when you have to make a decision there is always hidden information for example if you're making a decision about creating a new product there's a bunch of hidden information that you don't have access to what will competition do uh, are customers telling you the truth when they tell you their pain points uh, is there going to be enough uh, customer validation when the product launches uh, is your tech team going to be enoughly uh, well staffed to actually run the product uh those are all questions which you have imperf- imperfect information about so what you're really trying to do with this imperfect information is that you can't guarantee success you can't guarantee the outcomes of your decision that's what you have to really decide and you have to come to peace with it because that's not what's really happening you aren't guaranteeing success but you're increasing the odds of those decisions coming to good outcomes so that's that's actually what it is every decision is a well informed bet that's what it is i think that's that's a very key differentiator to put in mind uh very different from how we do a lot of stuff how we we are taught a lot of stuff in schools in colleges etc where there is defined finite information in a problem statement given to us and we are supposed to answer that question basis defined systematic information we have learned from books so that's that's the one key difference and the second and the third differences that come that really make the decision making process very difficult and how and by the process of making the decision become becomes important is the emergence of skill and luck no matter what condition you're in luck is going to play an important part in the kind of outcomes you get for your decisions and it's not just pure luck that one person is lucky more luckier than the other it's simple market luck as well if you're a if you're a restaurant owner during the covid crisis it could just be that you know you could have never thought that this is going to happen and that's going to kill your restaurant and that's the stroke of bad luck you have for your uh, for your business it doesn't matter how well thought out the restaurant was how well your menu is how good your cooks are how well uh, appreciated you are by your patrons this one stroke of bad luck can actually stymie your um decision making in the in the long run and the outcomes associated with it the third factor that comes in is skill so when you talk about skill 
is the skill of taking all these factors into account. If you have incomplete information, you know luck is going to play a part. But how do you leverage your correct skills to actually make the outcome better? So when you're launching a restaurant in the previous example, do you always uh, take into factor that yes, deliveries are going to be a strong part of your restaurant scheme. If that's going to happen, that ensures that even though restaurant your restaurant business goes offline, you have the luxury of continuing your deliveries and your PNL online through Zomato or through Swiggy or the multiple delivery channels that exist today. So that's that's where skill comes in. So all of these three factors combined actually impact decision making. And the better you get at it, the better your life outcomes are. So always measure uh, your, any decision that you make, measure all three factors that are coming into it. And always and always try to optimize for better outcomes. And be at peace with the fact that you cannot and cannot guarantee full success for every decision that you take. But what you can improve on with every decision is, is the process getting better. For example, just to give you a simple example, if you're investing in stocks and you want to make money, right? Uh, one way of doing it is go ask a friend who's already invested and he tells you about the five stocks that he's invested in and that's your stock bet. What happens later is that you could end up losing a lot of money if the stocks go down or you could end up making a lot of money. If you take this, let's say you make a lot of money in this example, and you take to and you take to replicate the same same decision making process with another friend and you actually end up losing money you're going to be you're going to be left thinking what went wrong you did the same thing you did when you got to, when you got success but the real problem is not the fact that you asked your friend the real problem is that your process of decision making in this case was really really broken what you did was without any research without going into a very unpredictable scenario, which is the equity market. You just talk to a friend and you measured the success of that decision-making process because you make money, made money on the first time. It doesn't guarantee that you'll make money the second time as well, even if you ask it to the same friend. So that's the difference between the good and the bad decision-maker. A good decision-maker in this scenario is going to do two, three things. He realizes that you know the market is unstable. It's subject to a lot of risk. He, talked to three, he talks to three, four friends, a couple of financial advisors, studies the market on his own, uh, does regular reading about how the market behaves, how the key industries and companies are behaving and how decisions of the government, decisions of regulatory bodies affect them. He makes it a continuous cycle and starts investing. It could be that you invest in the same, same stocks that your friend would have advised you. But the fact is that your decision-making process is much more improved now. You can take that decision-making process, apply it to a completely new stock that comes up, completely new IPO that comes up, and you could figure out if that's going to make money for you or not. So that's what you have to optimize for. And you could still, and the, even the best investors lose money, doesn't mean that their process is flawed. It means, or their decision-making is bad. What it means is, but it means is they need to hone their process of decision making, how they come to good, how they come to decisions even more. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that because there, there was a failure in the decision that the decision making is bad. You can't keep judging your decisions by outcomes. You have to let go of that. You have to judge your decisions by the process and the structuring you're putting in. The more the process, the more the structuring, the better it is. 
when you come to making decisions a crucial factor that comes in especially when you have to make choices in life like everyone has to uh is the first thing that people are taught to do is pick the favorite so for a cricket team if you're betting on a cricket team pick your best cricket team and bet on it uh, if you have to pick the stocks pick the best performing stocks pick the blue chip firms and actually make money Uh, there was a very interesting incident at Howard Marks actually covered in one of his memos when he started his career as an investor. Uh, he was given a portfolio of blue chip companies to invest in, uh, and he says if he had kept invested in them for a long period of time, he would actually have his net worth come down to zero because most of those companies when he started, and twenty years later, most of those companies were not in business at all or had very poor, 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 poor performing stocks. But when he was actually It transferred to a bond market, and he was actually investing there, which were not technically the best stocks in the market. He was making a lot of money. Why is that? Because usually in life, if you pick the most favorite option, if you pick the most predictable option, that also means that the odds that people you will reward you with for picking that option are going to be really, really poor. For example, just to give you a simple example, a proposition only makes sense. if there's someone on the other side who's willing to give you odds for betting on it a simple example is working for a startup uh, working for a startup as a founder and working for a startup as an employee they're both working for the same firm but what happens is an employee comes in when actually the the later employees especially they come in when actually the firm is more stabilized the processes are more stabilized while the founder took the infinite risk of actually going out maybe giving up a stable job and starting his career uh, and hinging it all on creating that startup so the rewards are going to be biased in his favor so obviously he has lesser chance of succeeding his odds are lower but with lower odds the success that he gets the reward that he gets is very very high so even if there is a 1 to 100 odds of his startup succeeding but on the side of the 100 you get let's say 5 lakh rupees over a period of one year but on the one side where you have one as as your odds the one is 200 odds if you actually succeed there and even if the chance the money that you make there is 1 lakh if you multiply by 100 that comes out to be way better than the 5 lakh that you get that you were getting if you just stuck to your normal job so the idea is always bet the proposition don't bet the favorite bet the proposition bet the better proposition make sure you are carefully considering the rewards and the risk ratios when you going ahead with something that's super crucial to making decisions when it finally comes to a few short tips on what makes people successful uh, there are very few well codified suggestions that come to mind first uh, the first one is circle of competence make sure that you're actually hitting a lot of shots in your favorite areas what it means is uh, in baseball uh, they did this study uh, the balls pitched in a square in front of the hitter they notice that most hitters the best hitters actually hit a lot of the balls coming in just 20% of the area where they're supposed to hit in the when the ball was pitched in the rest of the 80% in front of them they wouldn't hit at all because they realized they would maximize their hits they would maximize their gains in the area that they were most confident in it's good to be diversified but realize what are your strengths and go hard at them that helps you maximize the gains and minimize the losses 
I think the second lesson that's more important that's very linked to this is you don't have to play every game. It's fair to not play every game and expect to win at it all the time. Concentrate your energy on the few games that you really want to win in life. So in life, if you think your work is your most important priority, make sure you're giving 100% to that. If you think your fitness is that, uh, that priority, make it fitness. If it's family, make it family. Don't fall under the unreal ex unrealistic expectations of having to succeed at everything in life. The myth of a champion uh, worker, the myth of a great family man, the myth of uh, the, most fit, the most fit person on the block all together rolled into one person is a myth. That's what it is. It's actually a myth. So don't fall for that. I think the next point that comes that's very valid when you want to build your career or become a great investor or do well, do well at anything in life uh, is what you have to do is define your own game and win at it. So there is always game over skill. So you might be super skilled at something. You might be great at something. So you might be a good salesman. That's great. But there are thousands of good salesmen. You're never going to make outlier returns unless, unless you crack a super salesman job in a large company. What if you were able to define your own niche within sales and go after that and that's your niche. Maybe your key, key area is being a motivator to other salespeople. Become a sales consultant to larger organization. Maybe that's the niche you want to go after. Create that niche, create your game and win at it. That's the key recipe in life. Create your game and win at it in life. So I think summing up what it really matters boils down to is when you make a lot of decisions in life, which we do every single day, realize that you have to be okay with the odds uh, of information being available is going to be low. There's going to be skill at play and there's going to be luck at play. But longer term, if you actually invest in the process, the chance that luck will win over skill keeps going down and actually skill over luck starts becoming the key. And as soon as you start your framework to be that, that you're not going to measure yourself by outcomes, but you're going to measure yourself by the rigor, rigor of the process that you put in when you made a decision. I think that's when you make significant improvements every day to the decision-making process. And then the outcomes also start flowing in. But then also don't, don't focus a lot on the outcomes, focus a lot on the process, process, process. Improve iteratively each day, every day, compound the earnings over time, compound the learnings over time and actually become the great decision maker that you're supposed to be. Thank you.